Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game's John Dickinson has been with the Warriors every day throughout the championship era. Half fourth, the Warriors start to celebrate. The one-time darlings are now a dynasty. And now he brings you the latest scoops on the back-to-back champs. He's looking good to go. And exclusive player interviews. What's up, Dub Nation? It's your boy, Stephen Curry. This is Warriors Weekly on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Dixon. And welcome in Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. It's episode number seven, and we are... In the playoffs, a playoff edition, and I, I want to call this a little bit of a, an emergency pod, although we're going to drop it uh, late in the afternoon following game number two of the Western Conference first round series between the Warriors and the Clippers, and we continue uh, to circle around the 95-7, the game studios, and check in with different shows, and it's a pleasure this week to be joined uh, as a co-host uh, by Bonte Hill. Uh, of course, you hear him on the Afternoon Delight with Greg Papa every day, noon to three here, Monday through Friday on 95-7, the game, and he's out at every ball game uh, as well working his way around the locker room. Uh, Bonte, thanks a lot for joining me this week uh, on the pod, and I really appreciate it. And we've got a series. We've got a series. <laughs> Sorry about that. You can edit that. My bad. I was laughing. I had a skittle coming down my throat. What a, what a bang. Way to, way to start the podcast. Uh, first of all... <laughs> Uh, first, uh, first first member of the 957 the game staff to swear on the podcast. Uh first of all JD is good to be on this pod and you are right we do have a series Game number three is going to be phenomenal, man. And the biggest takeaway in game two, and we're sitting right there and we're watching the Warriors go up 31 points. And I bring out the binoculars. I start uh, looking, around, looking around for celebrities around the gym. What's going on yeah. in Oracle? You know, I start getting bored for a second. And the Clippers, as you mentioned, go to 72, the 37 run. And now we have a series. And I think the biggest question for me, JD, in all honesty, is what's going on with Kevin Durant? What is going on with Kevin Durant? More turnovers and shots taken. A career-high turnover uh, for him. Nine turnovers in game number two. That's a career-high for him in a Warriors uniform. That's the biggest takeaway for me. I know Boogie Cousins. He's hurt uh, with a torn quad. We'll talk about that for sure. But Kevin Durant, what in the heck is going on with him? Yeah, and I think last night it's a case where the way that he has been playing – uh, you know, fewer field goal attempts, I think, bothered last night some by, by Patrick Beverly more than he was certainly in, in game one of the series. But when you look at, at, at it, you know, he's trying to move the ball. And for the most part, it's actually worked for this Warriors team. But the one thing that they struggle with, Bonte, is going back and forth between ball movement, 
and when Durant needs to take it over. Ball movement and when Curry maybe needs to take it over a little bit. There just isn't a seamless transition between the two, and and it all bit the Warriors last night at once because everything was working fine, and then they found themselves mid-third quarter with Stephen Curry in foul trouble, which threw off the rotation. He's going to play that whole third quarter. Well, uh uh-uh. Now he's subbing out for a good portion of the third quarter and coming back to start the fourth quarter. And you've got a comfortable enough lead to where you could say Durant not shooting was working, but once the Clippers came back and it all started to snowball on the Warriors, Curry was out of rhythm uh, and out of routine, couldn't knock down a shot himself, and and they found themselves in a position where they they needed Kevin Durant to save him, but because Kevin Durant hasn't been aggressive of late, it was hard for him to really get going against Beverly in a moment where maybe he could have saved them. So it, it all adds up to a loss. And then, oh, by the way, he fouls out with a couple of minutes to go, so he can't save them then. And then it just looked like the Warriors didn't know where they wanted to go to get a shot. But I may be burying the lead, though, Bonte, yeah. Yeah, because we are. We are. They, they gave – they gave up 85 points in the second half. I know you maybe thought I was coming down to Cousins, but no, it, they gave up 85 points. So we're talking about offense and Durant and demeanor and what's going on with this team. And every time they lose, they look like they don't like each other. But they gave up 85 freaking points in the second half. You know what, J.D.? You're the perfect guy right now because Pop and I were talking about this. 44 in the third, 41 in the fourth. Has that ever happened to a Warriors coach team under Steve Kerr? Not Steve Kerr, no. I, I don't believe. I mean, now it may have happened back in the day when Nelly was coaching right. them in the 90s <laughs> and, and games were getting into the you know 155 to 144 and the like. But no, I, I don't believe it has. I, I you know, I, I, it, it may have. I know there have been a couple of 80 point halves that the Warriors have given up when they've been less than locked in. So, I, but one doesn't strike me immediately. Uh, off the top of my head. Uh, and if you get to 80, obviously you're probably looking at a couple of 40s or right. you're looking at, at right. something close, you know, close to 50. Uh, you know, maybe a 48 and a 32, you know, something like that can add up to 80. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it very rare that you see it, period. Uh, but yeah, for all the conversation about the Warriors' offense down the stretch and Durant, uh, you know, if they just played some semblance of defense in the second half, they would have won the ball game. There's no doubt about that. 85 points in the second half. And it really, when Curry gets the fourth foul, and then they go up 31 when he's on the bench. And I'm thinking, okay, Quinn Cook has gave them good minutes in game number two. Productive minutes. He's not killing you, you know, with his defensive limitations, but he's helping you on the offensive end. He's not He's not drilling you. And then Jordan Bell gets in the game. Quinn Cook, Jordan Bell. You have KD out there, and Clay's kind of lost. And then Draymond's just running hot because Jordan Bell gets in there. And I believe Iguodala was in the game at that point as well uh, for Clay Thompson, maybe. Yes. And, and Yeah, normal rotation. Right, normal rotations, yeah. yep. And Draymond's just running hot because you see a couple loose balls there where Quinn Cook and Jordan Bell are kind of just looking at each other. It was like they thought they were playing in garbage time. This is the third quarter of an NBA playoff game. And when you see a team that has Patrick Beverly, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, you got Doc Rivers coaching these guys. Oh, with Sam Cassell's an assistant. Sam Cassell's an assistant coach who's a two-time champion. You think they're going to let them guys quit? Absolutely not. So that game started to flip right then and there. And then you just – Lou Williams just put on his show in the second half. The pick and roll where he just got to wherever he wanted to get to incessantly over and over and over again. And that game really flipped in. And it was just like, all right, who's going to step up? And by the time Curry got back in, you know, late third quarter, and then he's playing the fourth quarter, he's out of rhythm. 
All of a sudden, he's cold. He can't find his rhythm anymore, J.D. Clay goes scoreless in the fourth quarter, and it's just it was alarming to see the Warriors blow. But honestly, you've, you're at every game. You even travel on the road, and I know you'll be down in L.A. at Staples Center for game three and four. It doesn't really shock me that they blew the lead. Like, you're you're sitting there in the moment, right? And you're watching them. You're watching the lead go down to 28, 24, 20, 16, 12. But when you think back to what the season has showed us all year long with the blown 20-point leads, the lackadaisical effort at times, it's really not a big surprise for this team because they think, okay, we could just come out to the gym. We've got a 30-point lead. This game is over. But if you watch the Warriors this year, it's not really a big surprise when you really step back and think about it. Well, it surprised the hell out of me just given the specific circumstances. And I, I hear what you're saying as far as the regular season, but this is game two of the playoffs when you're trying to hold serve on your home floor in a 1-8 matchup. And look, the Clippers are, are terrific. Everything you said about the Clippers is is right on the money. And, and I'll take it a step further as far as they go. You know, they twice this year come back from 25 or more down yep. on the road mm-hmm. to win. Uh, you know, they did it in Boston in a yep. game that, that I remember watching and, and kind of just had on in the background. And then all of a sudden they started going off in that game, kind of like they did last night uh, in game two. And it, before you know it, you know, they're in control and, and, and winning the game, which is exactly what they did uh, against the Warriors. But, but to me, it's just you got to figure out a way to not lose that game. And I, I'm, I'm still stunned because, you know, the Warriors were able to push the lead back up to 18 yep. uh, in the fourth quarter. And even when the game was tied and Stephen Curry hits the go-ahead three to put him up, uh, by a bucket, uh, put them up three. At that point, I'm even thinking the Warriors are going to win this thing, and then they just didn't. And, and I think you have to focus in on the cumulative effect now. You, you've got Durant and Draymond Green both frustrated, not talking to the media after the game. Everybody wondering what the hell's going on with Durant. Yeah. The, some of the body language that you alluded to with Draymond Green. Right. Uh, you know, you Stephen Curry. I think will be fine. Uh, Clay Thompson. I think will be fine. Uh, but now all of the questions that, that have kind of surrounded this team at times where they've struggled, all of those questions now come back to the forefront today. Yep. They come back to the forefront tomorrow. They come back to the forefront Thursday. And then you factor that together with the fact now that this team's going to have to play at least one more game, if not two, uh, if you drop one of the two uh, down in Los Angeles, that means you got to go back to Los Angeles. And as you know, Bonte, every extra game you have to play is another game where it just takes a little yep. bit out of you for later on down the road, or it gives another opportunity for somebody like a DeMarcus Cousins or, or another player on the roster to sustain some kind of an injury that, that might might make you shorthanded when you're going up against a Houston or somebody in an NBA Finals. Well, you're right on the money because we're looking at that second-round matchup, assuming that the Rockets are going to beat the Utah Jazz, which I think they will do. And I think the Warriors will eventually win this series against the L.A. Clippers, even without uh, DeMarcus Cousins. And I know you'll get to that in just a second, but you look at that Houston series and you're like, all right, if you go six with the Clippers – and you know how the Rockets defend. We know how they're going to play. They're going to milk that clock. It's going to be a lot of James Harden pick and roll, isolation. Chris Paul will get in on the action. And they're a physical team as well. The Clippers, the physicality that they've brought to the series. And it starts with Patrick Beverly, who told the, according to Sam Amick, told the coaching staff, don't take me off of Katie. 
Do not take me off of Kevin Durant. So in a sense, yes, you're all right. In this circumstance, Warriors with a 31-point lead. Yes, I was stunned definitely last night, but I just kind of took a step back and said, you know what? With all the noise this year, KD dropping, look, all the quotes that he's dropping and he's before the first two games. You got a story with Michael Lee uh, in The Athletic. I know you guys yeah. talked about it last Saturday with Steinmetz. Did a story drops Monday morning with Mark Spears about Kevin Durant in July 1st. And it's like, all right, if you just want to play basketball, then why are you doing all these interviews about why you came to the Golden State Warriors, about how you moved around in your life? Like, it's all, it seems like. That has hijacked this season. Well, we really should be talking about a three-peat, about this team winning four championships in five years. It's just something is awry. Something is amiss with this team. And it felt a little weird last night with Draymond Green not talking to the media, Kevin Durant skipping out on the media, leaving Klay Thompson there to try to you know, make sense of what happened Monday night at Oracle Arena. It was just a weird vibe after that game. And it's been a weird year for this team. It, it Look, I do think, that they'll eventually win the championship. They should. I'll be shocked if they don't. But for some reason, J.D., and you know basketball, you've been watching it your whole life, it has vibes of the 2004 Lakers. When Kobe and Shaq, they were getting into it. You're hearing about it all season long. Malone and Peyton is there. They got the four All-Stars in the starting lineup. And they get through the Western Conference because they were so talented. They were just better than everybody. And then they run into a Pistons team that plays like a team. And when you watch Milwaukee, don't you get vibes like, damn, they play like a team. They're really clicking on all cylinders. And it just has that vibe to me to where this season just may not end well for the Warriors. And it will see a different well, but- team open in the chase center. Yeah, but Milwaukee's the one team, not to get too far off on a tangent about right. them, that, that I'm more and more convinced these last couple of weeks that, that, that I you know probably disrespected a little bit too much. I mean, they, they were the one team that I probably gave the least amount of, of credibility to as far as having a chance to, to make it to the NBA Finals and, and really compete. I mean, I really did up until yeah. the last few weeks, but I've had so many people you know, that, that I've talked to and doing some interviews for the podcast and doing some interviews on Warriors this week. You know, there's a lot of folks that, that watch a hell of a lot of basketball that really think there's a good portion of the country that's sleeping on the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. and that they are a, a budding juggernaut and really the only knock on them is injuries obviously right now to some key players but they are expected to get healthier as things go on but also just the fact that they they haven't collectively won a playoff series together yet now it seems like it's going to be a formality obviously as a one seed that they'll get past Detroit uh, especially with everything going on with Blake Griffin but uh, the the more this thing plays out Bonte I'm starting to think that I've been sleeping a little bit too much on the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're a team that I'm actually watching really closely, maybe even more closely than any other team in the East, uh, at at least in the early going of the playoffs, because, you know, the athleticism is there. They shoot a ton of threes. They are a much better coach team this year than they've been in previous years. Uh, Budenholzer's a, a significant upgrade over Jason Kidd and what was going on there before. I mean, that that really is almost the, the Steve Kerr to, you know, from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr comparison. I know Budenholzer didn't play in the league. Right. And, and, you know, personality-wise, it's not. But in terms of, of intelligence and offensive intelligence and X's and O's and, and having, a, you know, his imprint on the game, I, I, I think I think Budenholzer's done a terrific job maximizing, you know, the talent right. on that roster. So file that away for later right. for sure. Real quick, uh, real quick point on that. When you look at Steve Kerr, the Warriors under Steve Kerr, 
Doesn't it seem like the Bucks have given the Warriors? I know it's been small sample sizes. No but doubt. In the regular yeah, season, they've, give- they've given the Warriors their most. They're problematic because they're so long and athletic. And you talk about Malcolm Brogdon and Bledsoe and Middleton. It just seems to me that they've given the Warriors the most trouble in the regular season when they've matched up together. And I do. And you're right. Everybody's sleeping on the Bucks. I actually picked them to go to the finals because I don't trust Kyle Lowry. I don't trust Toronto quite yet. Philadelphia, they've got so many injuries and issues off the court. And then Boston, you just never know what you're going to get from them. But Milwaukee's the team that I'm just like, man, you don't want to run into them because they don't have any noise. They're just playing with house money right now, and all the pressure would be on the Warriors. But, yeah, let's file that away. That's, what, a month and a half away? we got a long way to go to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that, you know, that that would be a series where the Warriors in the finals wouldn't have home court advantage yep. for the first time in that round. So that's something that you have to, I think, keep in mind uh, in addition uh, to, to everything else that's been going on. And, you know, it's so funny what a difference a night makes, Bonte, because, you know, we're talking about the Rockets and playing them in the second round versus playing them in the conference finals. And, you know, the seeding got a little... Uh, janky because teams don't necessarily take the regular season as seriously and, and you've got Utah and the Rockets who are as hot as anybody but they were terrible at the beginning of the year so they wind up being a 4-5 matchup maybe instead of a 2-3 matchup uh, and you just look at it and you know now playing the Rockets in the second round with this injury to DeMarcus Cousins coming off what looks like it's going to be a, a much harder fought series with the Clippers than maybe anybody anticipated. All of a sudden, maybe you didn't, maybe you don't want to see the Rockets in yeah. the second round if you're the Warriors. Maybe, maybe you wish you did have another round to kind of let things calm down a little bit around you. And, and without DeMarcus Cousins, who probably had his best game as a Warrior that Wednesday yeah. night in Houston, remember that, without Kevin Durant? And we're all thinking, man, this is an L. They're going to lose. They're going to get swept by the Rockets in a regular season series. And Boogie balled out. He really took Capella out the game. Probably had his best game, was hitting jumpers from the elbow. He did it all that night. Yeah, and Capella just look can't at, guard him. Capella can't guard him. But you look at Bogut now, and the Rockets really don't have to guard him because he's not an offensive threat, which made Boogie in this lineup. So it's like, wow, the Warriors haven't had a low-post threat under Steve Kerr. I can't – I mean, you go back to Chris Webber, baby. <laughs> Since the last day they had a low post, legit low post threat. And then now you see the Rocket series. And what I worry about with Bogut, I know he only played like two games a week in Australia with the Sydney Kings. How are you going to play him 20, 24 minutes against a Rockets team that's going to try to get him on a switch every single possession? And it puts the onus on Kevon Looney to play bigger minutes. And then you have to trust a guy like Jordan Bell to play where he's really had a lost season. So this DeMarcus injury, look, you're not – he may not miss his scoring, but just defensively, it seemed he was starting to figure it out and get some of the better bigs. And that Rocket series with Andrew Bogut, I just worry if they, granted, if they get past the Clippers, which I think they will, Bogut switching out of James Harden and Chris Paul. That just sounds problematic, JD. It really does. Yeah, and and Bogut might be a guy that's you know only going to play let's say the first five six minutes of each half, and that might be it. It might have to be Looney at that point. It, it might have to be a couple minutes of Jordan Bell, and and the other factor there is you're going to have to go Hamptons five. I mean, you're going to have to have Draymond Green play a lot of center and maybe more center than you'd want him to play for a second round series as you try and 
you know, make sure that you win that one and then deal with whatever is to come down the line after that, you know, just just sort of, you know, almost like you're paying with the credit card. Right. You know, you got to get through that and you're going to pay with the credit card. Right. You're going to deal with that interest payment later, uh, you know, whether it's in the conference finals or in the NBA finals, you know, how physically taxing, you know, that can be on a guy like Draymond Green and Iguodala to, to play those minutes. But yeah, that that will be a matchup issue now just not having cousins minutes yeah. uh you know available so you, you are gonna have to give jordan bell an opportunity and and you know last night you know i think that's why jordan bell was in the game jordan yep. bell was in the game because the warriors were blowing out the clippers and steve kerr was thinking about the next series right. and thinking i gotta get this guy in the game to just you know to, to one show him that I, I kind of like him, you know. I like him as a, you know, I, you know, show him bygones are bygones, and right. I'm going to put him in, even given everything that's happened this season. But he's also trying to get his feet wet because he's going to have to play potentially in that next series. So, but I also don't think it's a lock that he will play right. significant minutes. He's going to have to play well. You know, the Warriors got, you know, they were real fortunate, and it's a credit to Jordan Bell. I mean, the Warriors were in a position where they had to play him last year in the conference finals, and he actually played pretty well. Right. Him and Looney, underrated yep. heroes uh, of that conference finals win for the Warriors, uh, 4-3 over the, the Houston Rockets. But uh, I, I still... It feels like the Clippers series is going six. Man. It really does. Like I, 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 I mean, I, I. That is just the lasting thought that I have, and and not that the Warriors are going to lose Game Three, but it just, you know, I, I could see them coming out and winning by thirty in Game Three. But it just feels like they're going to split in L.A. and come back, and it's going to be, you know, two two, and the Warriors are going to have to win Game. Three five on their home court uh, next Wednesday and then send it back to LA and maybe close it out uh, over the long haul against a, a Clippers team that might be a little bit gassed themselves. It just, it, it, right now it feels like the Warriors are going to win the series. I think they'll get it together. They'll figure it out. I don't think they need cousins as much in this series as they do in others, but I, I you know, I don't know about you. Maybe you think they win the next three, but I, I feel like it's going to go six now. You know, I could see them winning the next three and I could see it going six or seven. I really do. I just don't know what we're going to get from this version of the Golden State Warriors based off the sample size we saw all regular season. I just don't know which team is going to is going to show up, which is sad, right? It's the playoffs. You would think, okay, they're going to flip the switch. They're going to unleash Rocco. They're going to drop the hammer on everybody. And, but when I thought about this, and I thought about this at the end of the regular season, and everybody was talking about all, you know, every you talk to everybody affiliated with the Warriors. They're all happy sure. about playing the Clippers because of the short travel. Hour, hour and a half flight down to L.A. You're in California. You don't have to cross oh, yeah. a couple time zones. But in the back of my head, and I know nobody wanted to see the Spurs anymore. I didn't want to see the Spurs. You know, in the first round, I'm like, all right, we've been there, done that. But I was also thought that was the easier series for the Golden State Warriors. I thought, okay, the Spurs don't have enough firepower. They know how to play LaMarcus Aldridge. They know how to play DeRozan. The Spurs just don't have enough to beat the Warriors. Sure, you're going to have to travel longer. That flight's going to be longer. But the Spurs seemed like an easier out. This Clippers team that we see, when you got Patrick Beverly, because I was thinking, okay, Steph Curry's ankle. You got this instigator, this antagonizer in Patrick Beverly who's going to be barking at everybody. Then you got Lou Williams, who's just a walking bucket. He's going to get buckets no matter who you throw on him. And then Montrez Harrell, and I remember back in that November 9th game when KD and Draymond got into it, Montrez Harrell went off in that one. He went yes. off, and I'm thinking, man, this Clippers team is athletic. They're deep. Shamit's got confidence. 
Shea Gilgis Alexander's a nice rookie. He plays he plays like a veteran, JD. I know he's not doing much in the box score, but he's not doing anything anything to hurt the Clippers. I just thought, man, sure you want to stay in California, but are you sure you want to take on the Clippers? Because it could be a taxing series. You know a team coached by Doc Rivers, they're not going out like any punks. It's just not going to no. happen. So I could see it going either way. I could see the Warriors winning three straight because they're that good. They have that much firepower. But I can also see this series getting stretched out to where you're going back to Staples Center for Game 6. We may have a Game 7 on a Sunday afternoon. Who the heck knows with this Warriors team? Yeah, and I, look, I, I think I think San Antonio was the easiest matchup. I, I just athletically, they're, you know, they're they're not the Warriors can handle them. I know the Warriors have had different issues with Aldridge over the years. DeRozan has had some games against him, but there's always also been games where both of those guys have been shut down uh, by the Warriors. And and I, I think you know not a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, there with San Antonio. I mean, to me, I- I'm with you. I think as far as just pure basketball, that would have been the easiest matchup. I think the Clippers probably would have been second. Oklahoma City with all the drama. I yeah. mean, you you could you could make a case that that the Clippers are even a tougher matchup than Oklahoma yep. City, just because the Warriors would feel more threatened. I think by the star power of Oklahoma City to where they would play more buttoned up against them. And when the Warriors play buttoned up against Oklahoma City, they almost right. always beat them, and they almost <laughs> always make Russell Westbrook and Paul George look bad uh, when in, in beating them. So I, I think – but but they get the Warriors' attention, right. so they get a better effort, which isn't good for them. And, and you see last night, uh, no disrespect, but maybe the – Warriors did disrespect the Clippers a little bit, and the Clippers showed them, hey, you can't do that with us, or we're going to come back from 31 down in your building and put 85 on you in the second half and beat you. I, I still can't believe the 85 points in the second half. Like, literally, I saw fans leaving. We're sitting here at 6 or 119, and wasn't the on, crowd just kind of 30 dead? for 45 right. shooting. <laughs> 30 for 45 shooting. And I remember this kid, uh, I had this kid, Izzy, sitting next to me yeah. from Jose yep. High School. He's shadowing me. He's going to Oregon for journalism uh, this fall. And he goes, Bonte, man, the Warriors only have nine turnovers. And it's like midway through the third quarter. I'm like, wow, only nine turnovers. They had 21 in game one. They're keeping Yikes. Them. And, and then in like five minutes, they doubled that. It's just like famous, famous last words. <laughs> they from... doubled that. Uh, JD, like, I, I don't know what went wrong. And, and, like, the crowd was just kind of in a daze. They never really got back into it. I know the Warriors tried to hold on at the end, but the Oracle was rocking in that first half. And then you see the 31 point lead. I, again, I bring my binoculars. I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, I could write about this. I could write about that. This is going to be an easy night. I'll get home by midnight. And it just, I think everybody was just kind of like, what? What the heck happened? And then I thought about it was, well, that was kind of the season in a nutshell right there with the way the Warriors uh, uh, played last night in the second half, giving up 85 points. But I I know you want to talk about Boogie and KD, and uh, you've covered Boogie since he was a rookie. To see that happen in the first quarter, and I know they built it, it was just like, this guy can't catch a break. Awful. It's it's just it's heartbreaking, Bonte. And and for him to have that injury on it when he's making a hustle play, when he when he looked, you know, because my my lasting impression of that injury is he's diving for a loose ball. He's making a hustle play 
because it's his second playoff game and, yep. and he's you know almost wanting to make the best possible impression lay it all on the line this is what the playoffs are all about extra effort I'm getting after it I want to help these guys win a championship and that winds up being the play a play with nothing but the best of intentions that winds up likely putting him out for the entire postseason I mean it's it, it really is heartbreaking especially given the fact that you know he goes to New Orleans from Sacramento in the trade and you know the the half season he was there in 2017 that was a one off the pelicans yep. weren't ready to to make the playoffs at that point in time but he comes back last year he he's a major part of a pelicans team that was on track to make the playoffs then he goes down the pelicans change up their mix a little bit they get miritich in a trade and they get all the way to the second round before losing to the warriors and the that coupled with the the injury and the Pelicans screwed around a little bit and and didn't sign him. And I think, uh, you know, when, when you look at the way that played out and he never plays in a playoff game and then he gets one playoff game plus, what, three minutes and 51 seconds uh, of another before having to go out with, with that injury, it's just it, – it, it just is heartbreaking. And, and I think it, it also – I mean, it's going to cost him money oh, on, on a personal level yeah. now. I mean, he was looking like a player that was going to get $15 million a year. At least for next year, he was going to get, you know, whether it was a two-year, $30, $35 million contract, a one-year, $17 million, whatever it was going to be, uh, he may be back in a situation yep. where he looks to stay with the Warriors again if they'd have him for the mid-level. And, and you know what's funny, J.D.? I remember last season. We actually were doing a post-game show, Warriors post-game show, and it was shortly after the injury. And I remember your face because you like DeMarcus. We all like DeMarcus Cousins. I like I, his I like, game. Yeah, I you like know, him you know, a lot. I think he gets I'll, a bad he, rep. But, always uh, have. Yeah, yep. always liked him since Kentucky. And I remember you were just shaking your head, and you were despondent. DeMarcus Cousins still not going to get a playoff game, man. Damn. And I just remember I was like, man, I feel really bad. Like, I felt bad for Cousins then. And then he works his way back. He finally works himself into shape. And he had some up and down moments with the Warriors, there's no doubt. He wasn't all the way back. And then he just you have a rough he has a rough game one. And then all of a sudden you see that early on a hustle play. On a hustle play. Played it well. He's going down for an uncontested dunk. And that happens. And you're just like, damn, man, why boogie? Like the guy's not a bad dude. He's really not. He's emotional, sure. But who isn't emotional on that basketball floor? He's trying to work on that. And just to see that happen. And you're just like, man, what are the Warriors going to do? But what's going to happen with DeMarcus Cousins' future? And I was texting with Mark Spears earlier today, J.D. And I'm like, is he going to get max money? Because we're here, like, as you said, two years, $40 million, two years, $35. i am hearing he may get 20 a year. And then Mark Spears, just, he, he didn't go on the record, but he just kind of left it blank. And from what I'm hearing around the league, it's like he cost himself some dollars. And that's unfortunate. He's seeking that max deal. He deserves a max deal when he's fully healthy. And now we may see him in a situation to where – He's helping the Warriors open up the Chase Center. It may happen again. Uh, so it, it's just a really, really tough break. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors can, you know, move along without DeMarcus Cousins. And you're hearing stories. I know Mark Spears had to tweet today, J.D., where it took Tony Parker eight months to get back from a torn quad injury. Eight months. And we're hearing that maybe he's going to try to work himself back for the finals or the conference finals if the Warriors get that far. That's a tough, tough injury. Yeah, no, it, it it really is. I mean, and and you look at it, and I I I mean, I, I don't think maybe the finals, but I I, I gotta believe that he isn't going to be able to be to no. be back 
at all. I mean, I, 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 just, I, I think you almost have to look at it like he's not coming back. And then if you get to that point where you're in the finals, Bonte, and then, you know, he's starting to ramp things up a little bit and, and things are going well, then maybe you, you add him back into the mix. But I think the only thing you can do is is view it as if he's not going to be a part of this thing and, and you know, in, until maybe next year right. at this point. <laughs> I mean, that door may be open. But, look, there's a lot of things this Warriors team has to obviously sort through. Uh, and, and how the season ends for them will determine a lot in how they sort through it. I mean, if they win the championship, that creates one scenario. If they lose in the finals, that creates another scenario. If they lose in the second round of the Rockets, that creates yet another scenario. I'm, I'm still not willing to uh, get into, well, what happens if you lose to the Clippers? Because I right. don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Imagine, you imagine that. You imagine that if they lost to the LA. I'm not, it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but can you imagine that? Because Pop, I thought Pop made a great point today. Remember the We Believe team, the way they defended Dirk Nowitzki? Doesn't it yeah. seem like the Clippers, in a way, are defending Katie? And I didn't think about this because I thought the no, double team. No, it is very it's, similar. It's very similar, right? They're just throwing a double. And they're like, we're going to get the ball out of your heads. And I, I But I want to get your take on this, too, though. And, 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 I, and I'm with you on that. And I think, you know, Pop brings up a great point. I do think there I do think there's some similarities. But there were also times last night where, you know, we're all sitting there and, and you know, Steinmetz was sitting between the two of us and a couple of different times he just look at me and say, Why doesn't Durant just take him? Like why doesn't Durant just go? Just drive just just drive. And, yeah. and and at one point he did that uh, in the fourth quarter. And I said, well, here, but he had Harrell on him. He didn't mm-hmm. have Beverly on him. He had Montrez Harrell on him. And it was almost the, you know, all right, they're going to need Durant to bail him out. Uh, kind of a scenario. But Harrell was on him. And I, I and I remember texted Steiny while, while Durant had the ball. I said, well, here it is. And then he took Harrell, you know, right to the basket uh, and, and, and scored easily. So I, I just, I, to me, he could do a little more of that to Beverly, and I'm just not sure why he hasn't chosen to do it. Oh, it's, you're absolutely right. Steiny's right on that as well. It's like Montrez Harrell. We've seen him take Montrez Harrell to the cup at will. I mean, whatever he wants to. And this whole best player in the world thing, you know, we, we always talk about the stuff. Who's the best player in the world? Is it LeBron? Is it KD? Is it Giannis Antetokounmpo? Is it James Harden? Well, if you're the best player in the league, you're the best player on planet, like – the way he's come back from this, he came back, he missed those two games in Houston and OKC, and he's become this facilitator to where we see these games where he shoots the ball six times, eight times, nine times. And it's like, you're Kevin Durant. Like, you need at least 18. Now, I know you're trying to facilitate, and sometimes you're just reading the defense, but in a series like this, when Pat Beverly basically feels like he has real estate inside of KD's dome, like, it's time to take over. It is time to just, you know what? I'm Kevin Durant. I'm easy money sniper. I am the best player in the world. I'm going to be a free agent, and I've taken over this league. I need more than, what is, what is this, eight shot, eight field goal attempts last night? It was unbelievable. And it, it affects his defense as well, J.D. If you notice him not getting back, not sprinting back, he throws turnovers, he kind of just slumps his shoulders. Just the whole yeah. body language, man. I'm just like, what is wrong with this guy right now? What is this Patrick Beverly? Look, I'll give him respect for being a very uh, yeah. good defender. I'll give him his respect. But you're Kevin Durant. You can't tell me that Patrick Beverly is doing that much to shut down Kevin Durant and have Kevin Durant basically be invisible in that second half, JD. I'm not buying it. KD can do what he wants, what he wants, whenever he wants. And it's time to see that, KD, uh, when the Warrior, when this sh- series shifts to uh, LA. 
Yeah, no, I, I just think he's got to look to be more aggressive and try and take him. And I know he, he did get to the free throw line 12 times in the game last night uh, and, and knocked down 11 of them. But I, I just, you know, I know there's a fine line between, you know, wanting to move the ball. And, you know, Curry has been, you know, for the most part until that fourth quarter last night, well, the third quarter when he wasn't on the court, and then the fourth quarter when he struggled, uh, you know, he's had his way with the Clippers. And, and that's been, you know, the, the the route to go. I think Clay Thompson's got better games ahead of him in this series. But but to me, Durant just, he needs to get it and go. He needs to get it and just drive Beverly and pick up fouls and get to the free throw line and, and, and take him right. out of the game. Right. Take him out of the game you know, as he you know wound up fouling out last night, uh, but but just yeah, get him in a position where Doc's got to take him off the floor and have that open up some things for the Warriors. Do you think there's a disconnect between Katie and his coaching staff, or more specifically Steve Kerr? Because it seems like at times they're not on the same page. Uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on there, but Katie is like. It's just weird. It's just a weird vibe with him this year, and yeah, really I don't, it's a weird years, vibe with right. him. It's a weird vibe with Draymond. It was. I mean, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I, I. The only thing I can think of with that is just the fact that maybe Steve Kerr has has said to him, "Hey, dial it back a little bit. Trust your teammates." And and maybe he's like, "Okay, I'll, I'll dial it back. I'll trust my teammates." Right. And and then you know what? I'm going to trust my teammates and I'm going to move the ball and that's going to be good enough to win a lot of games. But when you really need me, I may or I may not be there for you because I may or may not be in a rhythm on a given night or the flow of the game may dictate that I can't really get it going on command. Like I think the, the Warriors, you know, use Durant almost like a, 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 a decoy, maybe a last, right? a last op- or right. just a last option, like a last resort. Like, you know, you, you know, and I think that may annoy Durant. The fact that it's it's almost as if the Warriors, they want to play this certain way, this beautiful basketball, share it, move it. Curry's doing his thing, whatever. But then when it gets down to you need to get something done because nothing else is working, it's like, okay, KD, bail us out. Go right. get it because you're so talented. And there's just some disconnect or or lack of respect or appreciation in Kevin Durant's mind in my opinion for having to take on that role and maybe not getting enough credit for right are you surprised that we don't see more one three pick and rolls between Curry and KD because it seems like an impossible play to stop you got the greatest shooter in NBA history and you got one of the most lethal scorers in NBA history and yet we see a lot of times especially in crunch time and I don't I I need to look at the stats with this maybe I'm wrong but it seems like in crunch time when the Warriors are in close games they struggle in crunch time situations where as you just said and you make a great point they don't know where to go right they don't know where to go and they just say all right KD bail us out like I want to see more actions there in the last five minutes of the game and more specifically I want to see more pick and rolls with KD and Steph you got Clay on the wing it seems like a play that could work every single time like how do you defend that if you're an opposing NBA team I don't know how you could defend that and yet we don't see it a lot especially in crunch time situations where even Curry there with the last shot I thought he rushed it against Montrezl Harrell it seems like they just don't know what to do in crunch time yeah they're just out of sorts and it's you know a lot of Curry's you know when Curry really gets going a lot of it is transition it really you know a lot of it is he pushes it and, you know, he's taking a pull-up three or he's moving it and getting it back on the break or he's getting it off an offensive rebound. A, a lot of when he gets, you know, in those flurries, 
it comes off of pushing the tempo and him having the ball in transition and and just cooking and the crowd gets yep. into the game and 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 he just is able to to feed off of that and and take it to another level when it really gets into the half court it just seems like they get caught in between uh, what you know what they want to do, uh, and and it's hard for them to get into let's say one or two go to plays. But to your point, I mean, yeah, the, the the one three pick and roll is something that it does surprise me that we don't see it a little bit more as almost a fail safe. Like just right. you know go to that, and you know what you're going to wind up with one of those two guys taking a shot or doing something. Uh, and, and then something good happens of, for for this Warriors team. Bonte, great stuff, my man. man how I mean, this was this was good. <laughs> yeah, this, this was, was fun, good. Man. But we just we just got rolling, and <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like forty five minutes later or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we're it, usually usually we do a two two guest pod on this, and and the Warriors didn't have uh, an availability. I mean, we let everybody know we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, but the Warriors didn't have a, an availability today. Right. So typically, it might be try to get a player, right. try to get a coach. Try to have a, a co-host uh, as well, one of the other hosts, which which is is you this week. Uh, but it's usually two guests or have another writer. Brian, we may just have to blow this thing out and have it be <laughs> it, this. This might be it. This might be this, it, man. This might be the formula, huh? One this, guest this, and just roll, get the balls out just, there and just play. It, it, it might be just one and done, and yeah, forty five <laughs> minutes and 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 just just roll it out. So, uh, man, I really appreciate it. And uh, you know good, what, great Jenny? stuff. Uh, no doubt about it. And we probably could go another hour talking about just game two. I know we're basketball nuts. We go to every single game. I don't even think we broke down really the the second unit and what's going on with Quinn Cook <laughs> and Jordan. But there's so much well, happening yeah. right now. We could spend Jordan all day Bell. long. Oh man, he's got a chance to redeem himself though, JD. He's got he, a chance to is. redeem himself. So he is because Steve Kerr's going to have to go to him in that Houston series, even if he doesn't want to. And yeah, I, I felt for Quinn Cook because. You know, I set the over under Bonte on on about a game and a half in this Clippers series as to how long will it take before Kerr has to just pull him out due to ineffectiveness and <laughs> and not have him be out there at the beginning of, of the second and fourth quarters. And I again I, I think just because of the, the sheer numbers and bodies, he's gonna have to give him another shot, even in game three, but he for whatever reason, Quinn Cook, the more you have to play him in the playoffs the less you want to play him wow. in the playoffs. Yeah, no and, and and so we're heading down a path where maybe some things are going to have to get uh, changed up there, but yeah, we'll 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 have to we'll have to do it again. Maybe maybe after the oh wait, that's Easter Sunday. Never mind. That's, <laughs> I was going to say maybe after Game Four, uh, the the two in Los Angeles, we might have to connect again. But uh, no, I'll, I'll let you enjoy your your no, Easter hey, Sunday. Look, my Easter Sunday will consist of basketball, JD. You know that basketball, baseball. May try to watch some of the HBO specials. I'm not doing anything this season or Sunday, man. It's hoops all day long, buddy. Yeah, hoops all day long for me, and then uh, maybe Manhattan Beach uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like well, a good time. <laughs> well, man, uh, me and the Easter Bunny's out on a Manhattan Beach on, uh, on a now, Sunday. Now you're making me jealous. Now you're making me jealous, JD. I'm gone. I'm gone now. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, Bonte, really appreciate yep. it, man. Uh, enjoy it, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, JD. Always a pleasure, man. Go uh, have fun in L.A. All right, that's going to do it for Episode 7, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.